Okay. Yeah, let's do it. So we're doing uh, it, and I really hope it works this time because I was super bummed out when whatever weirdness happened. I don't yeah. know what happened. I tried to send myself the file last time, and it just was like it was invalid. Like I don't even understand. Yeah, a lot of what we said was invalid anyway. Okay, good. So, <laughs> so it was a bummer. From what I recall. Yeah, but, you know, maybe for the best. And I, and I promise it was not an intentional censorship edit thing. I just legit. Yeah. <laughs> I thought so, maybe... What's up? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so, but we're here uh, today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With uh, Chris Army. That's Chris, me. Chris yes. Army. Local. I don't even know what to call myself. Medium producer. I'm a lot of things. Yeah. I wear a lot of hats. That's I sell weed and tell jokes mostly. Sometimes okay. throw parties. But not in a cool way. What's what? That's Sometimes not... weed parties even. Yeah. Drug no. parties. I mean, I guess it's a drug party, but like, so is every weekend ever at the bar. Anytime someone, yeah, it's, it felt like you were gonna say weekend at Bernie's. So no, no, every weekend at Bernie's. That was a, a tragedy. Party. That wasn't a party. You know, there's a sequel to Weekend at yeah, Bernie's. Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I just found out. Uh, what? No. I just tried to watch Weekend at Bernie's, the first one again. Uh huh. And uh, I think like three quarters of the way through it. I just couldn't, I couldn't wait for the, <laughs> I just couldn't sit, get to the crescendo of bullshit at the end. Like, right, no, I get Where it. the hitman comes, there's like three different people trying to kill Bernie by the end of it, I think. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the second one, have you seen it? No, but before you tell me what happens in it, let me try and imagine what Okay, happens. I won't give anything away when I tell Yeah, you. don't spoil it for me. I'll just me. give you the premise. Yeah. <laughs> But we what's your guess? Well, that's what I was going to guess. Like, if I was writing Weekend of Bernie's 2 or guessing what it was going to be is they dig him up from the ground because there were some girls who met him maybe in the first movie. They want to really show him, uh, show the girls, you know, that they're cool, so they need Bernie around. So his rotting corpse accompanies them on, some, like, a 51st <laughs> Dates type situation. Uh, close. <laughs> <laughs> Very close. Uh, what... Well, the premise that I remember of it is that <laughs> they do, well, his body sort of gets dug out of the ground, but it ends up, you find out that it's a voodoo curse. You find it out in the beginning. It's not like it's a big, <laughs> right, 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 right. it's not a big plot twist at the no, end. Yeah, yeah. A voodoo curse has been put on his like body. Like in the credits in the beginning, even. <laughs> by the mafia people that were trying to kill him in the first one. Because of some seek, they needed him to be alive to like save their own asses, so like, they bring him up from the dead, kind of like an animate, like they reanimate his body basically. <laughs> so the whole movie, he's walking whenever there's a drum beat, oh, like, sure. whenever drums play, his body moves in the same way that it moved in the first one, okay. but without the aid of like two friends carrying it around. <laughs> and it, so like plot points are made by him by a drum being played and then his body getting up and like walking off and it's like oh my god where'd bernie's body go (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't really sold on the movie but now it kind of sounds like a godfather one and two situation with the story debatably it's definitely like a thing where it was like a rite of passage kind of comedy movie yeah i remember the two guys i forget one's jonathan silverman okay i forget the other guy but he's basically the sidekick and a bunch of like buddy comedies in the 80s yeah and i was like man those guys kind of had a pretty good career for about eight years right doing just crappy movies like that man work is work. sounds like a dream yeah <laughs> dude you're acting and like it's it's a very uh it's a very uh what's the guy who plays in the chat here dan it's a very dan trejo, trejo oh, way yeah. to approach work where you're like someone offered me work Great. I will yeah. take the work. Perfect. What am I? I'm a sidekick to a detective? Yeah. Love it. Let's go. When do we start? Tomorrow? Perfect. Like my main lines are just facial expressions. I don't right. I don't need to memorize anything. I'm in. Yeah. I'm, I'm always going to look flummoxed. No problem. Yeah. Guys like Danny Trejo are like the blue collar workers of 
of film. They're like, I just show up and I do my job and I make people happy instead of complaining and that kind of stuff, I think, you know, like, like, because who wants to be that guy who's in a movie, like the, the slapstick movies, but he's like, I really want to be a serious actor. That <laughs> yeah. guy's screwed. He's never sure. going to be happy. Well, I think Danny Trejo, like, probably realized early on there's very few <laughs> roles that <laughs> he'll be filled, that they'll use him to fill, like, right. it's a finite number of he People accepts that he it. Can play. That's good to accept yeah. our fate. <laughs> and I mean, like, he's got enough cachet that he lends a bunch of, like, think about the difference he makes. Yeah. He gives so many small, terrible projects that little bit of clout <laughs> they need to get some minimal form of distribution where yeah. they make something. People, like, get paid to do <laughs> acting. And yeah, it's objectively terrible acting, but people are cashing checks because of it. Yeah. And good for them, man. Like, Job creators. Yeah. Good for the economy. Right. He's probably the reason that blockbuster film actors <laughs> have made or like have reached. Sure. Have reached the places that they've gotten, like on the shoulders of Danny Trejo. He's great. Like, he's the only reason. Like I Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> he's no, he's a weird one though, because is he a good actor? Is he not? That's a tough call. Nicholas Cage. Yeah, maybe it's all the cocaine, but uh, man, you can see him act terribly, or possibly well, depending on what movie you watch. I don't know any other actor who's like that. I think that you just have to go with how your gut strikes it. And if you don't like what's going on, then you say, no, I don't like this. This is bad acting. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the, he really he really skirts this fine line between what is subjective and objective and what is bad. Because some things he does are like, yeah, a little over the top. But in yeah. a situation, if any of us found ourselves like being burnt alive in a giant <laughs> wicker man, yeah, I think screaming at the top of our lungs would be like right up at the top <laughs> of the things that would be happening. Like I would not be worried yeah. about trying to play. It. No, dude, I would. Well, yeah, I would just I'd wonder. Be freaking out, and he fully commits to that. I wonder about him, just realizing what like the level of integrity that's going on with the movie season and he just kind of goes you know what this isn't going to be some like big shit deal I'm just going to see what I can get away with <laughs> in this next scene let me see if I can change my accent <laughs> see if it makes it to the final cut <laughs> did he just go from southern to like Australian almost <laughs> so um you guys got any shows coming up we do that at the end. Chris. Yeah, Chris. Oh, my bad. Should I yeah. clap? But since you since you brought it up, why Sorry. are you here? All right, that's fair. Um, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, so let's see. I'm part of Spread Eagle Comedy. Oh. That's my team. We call ourselves the Flock. It started wow. out ironically, and then we all started to laugh. Like, it's not ironic. Everybody flock laughs of eagles. at it. But we're the Flock. Spread yeah. Eagle Comedy. Um, let's see, uh, we've, most of us have been in the game, uh, for a year and a half or less. We're a bunch of friends, that's what it's all about, is, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll go through the list, like, Hannah Lund, Dre Bibbs, Stacey Undland, Edlund, James May, um, gosh, I'm... Try not to forget anybody. Yeah, oh, uh, we just brought in Nick back, Backerberry. Oh. Uh, Backerby. Um, Backerby? Rob Wentz. Yeah. Something like that. Although he might be the most naturally funny person out of the group. Because um, he's been doing it a few weeks. And he's hilarious. That's that's something we, like, at the at the comedy club and stuff, uh, we all make it a point to try and, like, grab new people and say, come sit with us, hang out with us. Feel free to throw constructive criticism our way, or if you're interested in some, we'll, we'll hit it that way. Um, a few days a week, we have writing sessions where any group of two or three of us meet up um, and talk about comedy um, and work on other projects. Sure. Um, yeah. That's And that's Spread Eagle Comedy. That's cool. Well, that's, that's a good way to be just starting off for like a newer group. To get together like that, because like, 
that's actually fairly rare in the Spokane scene. Like, it kind of happened on and off, like, when we were starting yeah. out, but not as, like, an organized... No, uh, not that much. Not a deliberate attempt to... Right. Let's get together and write. There's a couple... Yeah. Cl- there's a couple... I mean, I'll say clicks, and I don't mean it in a shitty way, but, like, there's a couple clicks of people that write together. Yeah. But there's not, like, a open meeting style like that. Yeah. Which is cool. We like to go out before <coughs> different mics, and we have a big group chat and text each other, like, who's coming out tonight? And we try to encourage everybody to really push each other to not you know take excuses and like hey are you coming out tonight how many mics has, has everybody been to this week not in like aggressive way but just right who wants yeah. this like nobody gets to be a part of it unless they play well with others and really want to do comedy right um That's cool. yeah well it all started just because um i had already been considering putting together shows to be able to get myself time sure smart but there was no way I could do more than a few minutes. So it was just a few months in. And so eventually I started to make some friends. And I was like, all right, I'll f- put on like a hip-hop show. Or we did a fundraiser for, uh, for a Democratic uh, uh, candidate during the last uh, midterm election. Um, and just was like, all right, all of us can do five. So seven of, of us are going to do five minutes before this hip-hop show. Okay. Yeah. How was it? Um, great, or the, well, um, the, de- the fundraiser for the political candidate didn't go as well as I wanted, um, and I learned all the lessons from it, but okay. every show since then, over the last six months, and it's been one or two shows a month, has had at least 80 to 100 people. Right. Um, we did a show at the Garland Theater a few weeks ago that got, like, t- almost 250 people. That's cool. Yeah, I was pleasantly su- surprised. By the turnout for that, because you show up to something like that, and it's like it's a pretty big space, man. Can right. You know, I don't like it, like because thirty people in that room be, still would have been fun for me, but right, no, but they it would have felt a little sparse. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's really packing it out, man. Well, we're gonna be doing it bigger. We got some like so a strategy I employed early on um, that I'm still working with is. Um, finding salesmen for different companies, especially cannabis companies, since they don't have a lot of access to traditional marketing tools. Um, they can't, you know, throw commercials up, their ads get taken down on social media. Um, and so invite salesmen for different industries out to shows for free. Mm-hmm. Show them we can get people somewhere. Um, give some free marketing. A few shows we just said, just we'll pick up a banner from your store and throw it up. And now, um, you know, we get a good amount of money where we weeks in advance of a show we've already profited without selling a single ticket nice yeah smart yeah dude what's up see i knew i knew when i came back and was still drinking and was just like cranking out open mics i knew this is where we end up finally some people are moving it forward and being (laughs) professional from the start it's just the inherent like slow build dog like, it's, I'm yeah. happy to hear that, that you guys have it that figured out that early. You know what I mean? Because a lot of us have been through a lot of ups and downs and from promoting and producing our own shows. And, like, Casey and I used to do it a fair amount, but we never really, like, made money, made money. Like, we got people paid. Yeah, but we, but, didn't... but we weren't, like, yeah. profiting as a unit really hard. And it wasn't a goal. No, yeah, that was the thing. Is it wasn't like the goal. But we just wanted to get enough money to pay the performers. But it's cool because like, it's a slightly more professional approach to things. Right. And I, I think that that is, I don't want to say overdue, but like, something that you would have suspected was on the way. If that makes sense. I love Spokane. I'm from uh, New York and New Jersey mm-hmm. originally, but uh, the military brought me here when I was in, and I stayed after I got out. Um, Spokane's a great town. There's a lot of a lot of fun stuff. I when I visit back home, I mean, it's cool, but I don't know. It it you feel like you're just nothing. I, I feel like I'm nothing when I'm in New York City because it's just such a huge place. Sure, you're like an yeah. ant in a giant ant hill. Right. But in Spokane, I, every night I go out to the bar, I see people I know. Sure. Yeah. You know, that's, that's yeah, a cool yeah. feeling. It is a cool feeling. 
It's cool when you have a little circuit of places that you go and you know a bunch of people. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, you guys are, I already, obviously, you know, much, been doing it a lot longer and, and really fantastic comics. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, uh, with the marketing and, and event stuff, I think, um, just the biggest lesson I've learned is, uh, I don't care about making money off of it. I care about finding every way I can to get more people there. Sure. And um, the other Spread Eagle crew, uh, they all know that that's our priority, is to perform as much time as we can in front of as good of an audience as we can because that'll make us better comics. Okay, we all make $20 less tonight than if we had half as many people, but we didn't do the marketing we did. That's a fair trade because we care about getting better, not about making 20 extra bucks. Right. I think it's a good way to approach it, you know. Um, I like those sounds like pay what you want to pay. Mm. That makes sense. Like, I think if, I don't know, just it's, even if you don't have time to do it as much as everybody else, still interacting with people that are always constantly on that grind keeps you in the right headspace. The grind, yeah. Oh, you've heard of that like six monkey thing or whatever it's called. Like the sum of the people, or you're the sum of the people you surround yourself with. If, if you know five out of six are your best, the people you spend the most time with are overweight. You're probably gonna be overweight. And yeah. In our group chat, we're all always sending videos uh, of you know famous comedians talking about how to work in comedy and checking. Like we're creating a culture of accountability and hard work and you know it, it it's I really think it's a huge asset that that can't be matched alone no one person can do uh, what a group like a group can accomplish together yeah well and it's smart to produce shows together too because you're even if you're the only comic out of Spread Eagle that's on a show somewhere you can get the support of those guys to guys and ladies, uh, lady to lady <laughs> to yeah. like send people that towards like that direction to go to the show and maybe pay the five or ten dollar cover or whatever it is to get people through the door. Yeah, even if you're not the one producing it, I mean that's pretty. It's good. Yeah, it's just been me and Josh basically, and we all we have the same friends. <laughs> <laughs> There's there, yeah. I think that the point of order, uh, going out etiquette moment, if you're going out somewhere and there's a 5 to $10 cover, <laughs> you should just pay it, okay? Because <laughs> whatever it is, you can just loudly talk over it anyway. Like, <laughs> unless it's like a poetry yeah. reading. Like, if it's a band, you can just stand in the corner or whatever, or go to the back part of the bar, just like go to the place you want to go and like fucking yeah. pay the five dollars. It's gonna be fine. And if it's comedy, just talk quietly to your friends. And just be like, hey, Clay, I don't really know. Right. <laughs> Text each other from right. across the you table. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> but just deal because it's like ninety minutes of your entire life, and then it's gonna be over, and you'll be fine, and you can go right back to what it is you were gonna do. Yeah. It's like an exercise. And if you're going out with, and you don't have an extra five bucks. Right, think about what you're doing. <laughs> right. The cost of one beer. There's a margin of error yeah. here that needs to be kept, and you can't. If you're running that thin, dude, then you should just yeah. save it because <laughs> you never know if like you're gonna need that extra like box of mac and cheese or something. Right. Or you could buy a cheap six pack. Right. Ooh, smart. If See? that's all you want to do is drink, drink and talk really loud, you can do that in your own living room. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> just go. Get sloshed on a six pack and yell at the TV. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. No, but actually come to shows. Like, also like that. I shouldn't, I shouldn't tell people, but. I'd like if audiences were more. I'm trying to work on how to implement this right, but mm -hmm. I'd really like if audiences, at least for me, were more vocal on either end of the spectrum. I'd rather be booed than silence. Like, right. Uh, well. I think you can take silence as a boo. <laughs> but I want to be vocal about right. how they feel. Right, but that's the best part, is that you're doing so bad that you're not even getting that. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're, you're not even they rattling don't even, them up. They don't even want to give the energy. 
right. No, it's because in Spokane, if an audience is quiet, it's because they're just they're trying to be polite. I think that especially in the oh. Pacific Northwest, we have a crazy polite, supportive culture for the most part. But over in New York or something, they're more likely to be actively engaged with whatever's going on in stage. Sure. Yeah. Oh, why not? Yeah, you guys like, this guy's wasting my time. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, have yeah. you guys performed? Uh, where? What other places have you guys performed? Uh, like Seattle and Tanaska. <laughs> uh, Lagrange and like Port. Uh, port. Port something. No, I... Yeah, something, dude. Port something. I think I've been well. Aside from Seattle. Said that earlier, I don't know. <laughs> you did. You yeah. totally did. Aside from like Seattle, I think Bend organized the furthest North out Portland. in the Northwest. I sure. did go to LA and do like right for just open mics. I tried to get on some book shows, but the timing oh, of like the people I knew didn't work out. Oh, I spilled um some drink. Uh, this is what wipe it up. Have nice things. I'll wipe it up with my shirt. No, uh, no, another no. point of order is that if a beverage is carbonated, it's gonna flow it over is. the edge of the glass. I feel like you've been a bartender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> um. He's... I. Oh what? No, please. I want to know who you guys are are listening to comedy wise right now. Who who who's the comedians that you spend the most time listening to, if at all? Um. Uh, well, there's a few people that I listen to over and over. Sure. Because I like, because, well, for different reasons, but, like, Rodney Dangerfield is one I always go back to. Like, sure. Some of his stuff when he really started blowing up on the, like, late night shows in the, like, 70s, 80s. Uh, mostly because of joke structure and how quick everything everything he did was yeah and he would do like a short narrative but it was really just joke 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 yeah but you know you watch him and you're like oh before you realize it it's like a minute and a half you've heard 12 jokes so there's like i watch him a lot just to like break down mechanically what he's doing Mm -hmm. uh people like more recently that i've been yeah been into Um, Although that that's interesting too, I appreciate you sharing the technical aspect of that. Yeah, um, man, who who's really setting me off lately? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, a shit. Thing. What's the guy's name? Because I just I'll play it at work. Like after I close, I'll just put a comedy station on, and then I'll look up like who people are when I mm-hmm. when, when I can't recognize. Uh, man, one of them. He's been to the club and he does the like innocent shit. Where he's like, I just love. He his voice is like innocent, but he says the nastiest shit. Oh, I love it. Uh, I'll remember Sarah it. Sarah Silverman. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. yeah. I actually, I, so I was doing this fun thing with some of the other uh, Spread Eagle crew where we were watching comedy um, with the sound off and trying to see if we could figure out the punchlines by their actions. Um, and Sarah Silverman was my absolute favorite uh, to do that with. <laughs> Did you ever get any right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. oh, no, I I feel like even a non-comic could watch comedy without the sound on and say, that's the punchline. I mean, because even, I feel like a lot of comics, for the most part, um, move more quickly during setup uh, and premise, and then when it comes to punchline, that's when they'll... Like have less body <laughs> body movement yeah. or whatever. Oh, I thought you were trying to guess like what they were saying as the. Oh, first no. yeah, that's what I heard too. Okay, uh, you're saying like that's where they're saying it. Like, yeah, that's where the audience is okay. supposed to laugh. Oh, yeah. I, I I and I. I thought I, this dude was fucking psychic. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's talking about crabs. <laughs> crabs have a society. So what she's done here. <laughs> I feel like anybody, and you guys tell me if you think I'm full of it on this, but I feel like anybody could be a mediocre comic at least if if just when they tell a joke, the audience knows why they're supposed to laugh and when they're supposed to laugh. It might not be good comedy. Uh, I've seen really successful comedians do it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 
Those would be the answer um, to those two questions. Some of the headliners that you get to see at the club will do, like, the ones who uh, have just been around forever. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily, like, SEC, but even at, like, Uncle D's. Oh sure. How long those those, some of the headliners that were going through there, people were just laughing because they could hear the rhythm and like what a comic would be saying. Oh yeah. And they'd be like, "Here's why I laugh." (laughs) Like it was partly because they'd be a lot of sometimes some would be so drunk that they'd be like, (laughs) "Yeah." Just and they'd already been primed. That's like part of the reason that you have like a host and even like part of the feature set sometimes is like to get people's brains into that into the flow of like okay this is how it works yeah. he's gonna say a thing then we're gonna think about the thing then he's gonna say so, why that thing's funny he's gonna say something that we don't expect him to say right. that's when you laugh <laughs> <laughs> I'm smart a few years ago I saw Amy Schumer in Buffalo New York sure and um, I, I laughed throughout the entire show but afterwards I laughed and was like I, I felt like that like little dirty like I don't think that was I really mean, good but I laughed a lot I don't know I just watched her most recent special with my girlfriend mm-hmm. um, and we weren't paying super close attention to it but when I did I thoroughly enjoyed it mm-hmm. I could see where the the reductive points were still there I mean you know all the previous criticism blah 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 great but I thought there was like a I mean, I don't need it to be, like, super-duper gross, but I thought she did a good job of skirting the line on it, and I really appreciated, like, the more, like, totally fucking gloves-off view of what being a woman is. Like, yeah. And it really balls out. That's fucking, my f- that's my favorite thing is to see... Right. Because uh, it's just not... quote-unquote lady comedian, female comedian, right. do, like... Basically, basically what guy like any not exactly what guys have done, but do. like for a long time, women wouldn't, especially I like mainstream it. women comedians, wouldn't talk about their genitalia or anything right. like that. So I like going to see a comic. She is a who talks having like a whole who talks about their vagina like vagina. it's like they the same way guys do like dick jokes yeah. all night long. The, like I, I thought it was great. That's a good observation. I haven't seen her new special or anything. That was the only time I've ever watched I mean, stuff. there's some overblown moments, you know, yeah. great, but like, dude, whatever. She did just as well as anybody else doing comedy. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It wasn't like some, oh, this is just, you know, it was like, it was, if I had paid money to see that show live, I'd have felt like I got my money's worth. I wouldn't yeah. be like, oh, Oh, I moved, but I'd be like, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was worth forty dollars or whatever, maybe yeah. sixty, depending on where you were in the theater. Yeah. But like, yeah, I'm totally. Um. Have you seen Kyle Kinane? Yeah, I love Kyle Kinane. Okay. Yeah, because that's just where I I just am stuck there. Like, yeah, I just, lately or forever. Just like that's one. That's my team now, dog. Yeah. Like I just can't get past his shit. His premise, like. Yeah. And he did like, he does a lot of different sets when he comes through. Yeah, when I, I didn't see him the most current, the most recent time he's been in town, but I think I saw him do three sets the time before that mm-hmm. at the club and there was a good 25 minutes at least in each set that was totally different hmm. yeah I'd and that. sometimes there was a, probably more than that even because it's just, like I just don't get it. he's just like a beast yeah he's yeah. inhuman <laughs> what's, in, what's inhuman about him uh it, it, the quality like yeah. so if you're if it's pres- okay so it's either uh, it's either it's either inhuman because it's like the quality is either so high that he is writing that much and getting that much out of it, or the production is so high that he's writing the amount it would take a regular person to write that much good material and like whittling it like he's writing that much. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I it know. also helps to have comedy be your only job yeah like, 100% he's not in any shows or whatever or movies he, he does stuff for Comedy Central he's the voice of Comedy Central he's right? the voice yeah. of Comedy Central but he doesn't like have 
huge time commitment. He popped, he's popped up on like Drunk History and like some other shows, but I don't think he he might write for some. Right. Things I don't know, man. It uh, just seems like he does comedy a lot. But it does. Man. You do see when people just go, "Fuck it, I'm only doing comedy." Yeah. I might struggle, but that's like frees up all their time to just focus on it's like, insane material and you do, you can see it when people just take that leap and like their material gets better because that's all they're working on and there's probably a fear that they oh, might dude, lose that job yeah, yeah the motivation must be insane <laughs> yeah 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 I um pretty I'm obviously like I said way newer um I'm pretty cyclical with my influences, and I, I feel like at this stage, just over a year of comedy, um, closing on a year and a half, oh, that, uh, yeah, I know I'm a babe, comedy baby. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I'm really cyclical with, um... That means you're now not a subhuman. <laughs> since I've passed a year. You're now a regular human, dude. <laughs> Uh, year and a half, so that means you're. He's like full see. fledged, yeah. regular old dude. You're a nine month old. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a human. little fetus. I'm a comedy uh, fetus. Yeah. No, you're past no. fetus, dude. Yeah, it's great. It's just this. It's not a. It's not a slight to younger in air quotes in the same comedians. It's just like no one cares until you've been there a year. I really appreciate that you guys are being so open and welcoming, and I think that will encourage people. But like. Man, it's just like the rate of attrition yeah. is very high. I've seen the same thing in other communities. I recognized it right away. It's uh, like when I did jujitsu. Okay. You're brand new. They don't, they're used to people coming and being really excited and then leaving. Right. And so uh, I, I already knew that was what was to expect. You know, in communities with high attrition, you don't want to give everybody your heart because right. you know, they're probably going to quit. Yeah. Right. So that, that 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 never bothered me. Um I just my mindset too is if we find people who are really new and are encouraging, you never know who's gonna become really well, pay it forward. That's why I'm I'm really open about the, the tools and tactics that I'm I've used to put together successful shows is because if somebody if I teach somebody else to do it, alright, book me. And if they become funnier than me, alright, make me your feature, cool. Right. Tell me what you did that worked. No, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. When the tide comes in, all the ships go up, right? Yeah, yeah. I I agree with that outlook. But it's, oh, go ahead. No, it's just you have to swallow. Like I think you have to be realistic about what comedy is to have that point of view, in a way, because everyone on some level I think wants to air quotes blow up. You know, like all of a sudden be that hot property where you're getting like a lot of work and all yeah. you know you can make the transition into being a professional like only getting money from comedy comedian but like that's a lot of commitment you mm-hmm. know what I mean and it's not realistic for everybody yeah and it can take years and years right you for know most mean? people it like should take years I think right yeah it's almost like we're uh, but I think carpenters. like Go back like with Amy Schumer's success, like pretty early on. I think she was like, like she was relatively hadn't done comedy that long when she started like sure. quote unquote blow up. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where like a lot of animosity came yeah. from for because she got she I think she got opportunities that people were like, well, I should that's where I should have been. Oh yeah. Like. People had been uh, so just griming it out for so long, I think got pissed. But it's like, well, she was in the right place at the right time. Probably made some moves that put her ahead. So Right. It's like... You know, people can have one or two good sets and then ride that. And that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it just... It, <laughs> it, I, I choose to look at it and be hopeful. You know what I mean? Because I can string together a couple of good sets... You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like if I can do that consistently enough, I can like regain some form. Right. I won the buzz. In a in a yeah. just a tiebreaker where Mark was like, Ah I think Josh wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we you know we went to the speaker of the house. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Josh was in uh, our last roast battle that Spread Eagle Comedy did. We're trying to do a monthly one. Way to plug yeah. yourself, man. Yeah, I agree. What's what'd you say? I said way to plug yourself. Like, oh, because <laughs> we'll ramble on and on, but you can always bring it back to what you're doing. Is that a bad thing? <laughs> no, it's know. great. Oh, all right. Cool. I think it's understanding the um, just like the situation. Like, yeah, we're not a real guided tour. Most <laughs> artists are not good at business. Most business people are not good at art. I'll buy that. It's, it's a tough relationship. Yeah, I think being like... Because I work with a lot of musicians, too, and I think being a musician or a comedian or, or any sort of artist, you're basically... I, I like to think of it as running a small business, and that's just your product. Yeah. And a lot of people... Um, I mean, that's the, like Amy Schumer or whomever. Um, people are going to work with and hire... Uh, those who they want to hang out with, they want to hook up their friends, and then also, um, this is something my my mother told me when I was pretty young. She said, uh, "Christopher, people people will like you if you smile and make them money." And I think oh, that's, that's I think that's true. true. Well, especially like if you smile while you make the money. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if you can hold those two things true, sky's the limit. Sure. Yeah, if you're making someone money, like if you understand that you are an artist, but that the function of your art is to sell drinks. Yeah, you're basically. <laughs> hey, I mean, yeah. Yeah, like, you're a mar- you're, an you're artist, a marketing right? tool. You're but not. You a... are you are there to drive <laughs> sell alcohol beer. purchases. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You're there to keep people there. No for 20 minutes longer than they were no planning to be there. there. No matter yeah. how good it is, no one is there to hear your doctoral, like, <laughs> Yeah, no one cares. Yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah, people are there. Until until you're doing a venue that doesn't serve drinks, <laughs> right? you're then, only there to sell more drinks. Right. Yeah. And even then, you may be there to sell snacks. Yeah. Or, like, uh, joke book. I love when, uh... They have comedy at just wherever, because they find that you like, you're say you're at like an auction or something, and they're like, hey, hey, Josh, get up here, Josh, get up here, like, hey, so everybody, real quick before we start the auction, we just found our friend Josh is here. He's gonna do 15 minutes of comedy really quick. So, all right, get your kids out. Did you get paid? No, oh. that, that hasn't happened to me, but like, in that, it has that exact situation hasn't, but like, okay, uh, volume one year, some band was playing and they pop a string, Yeah. and I went up and I filled for a second while the guy rewired his guitar, <laughs> and yeah. you know what I mean, like, it was dope. It's, uh, I, well, when I used to go out a lot more, I used to go out with the mindset even if I was going to a comedy show or right. any other show, I was like, I might get going. I should be ready. Yes. To do a set. Yes, you should always. Especially be ready. if you're a comedian and you're going to a comedy show and people have seen you. Well, yeah. If you know the comics that are in it, because you never know what's going to happen. Right. And like, they might want to fill. They might want an extra five minutes to get drink it's, orders before they bring up somebody yeah, that matters. Yeah, you're never going to get a guest <laughs> yeah. spot that you didn't just show up for. Like, right. sometimes there's an extra guest spot, and you're not there being supportive of the scene. Yeah. So guess who's not getting that guest spot? You. Is, so, I, this is something I really want the answer to, I don't want to forget. All right, no, that's fine. Is there anything that either of you are really actively working on comedically, like, as, like, something you're trying to target and prove at? Josh first. Uh, yeah, I I like want... how this has turned into an interview of us. I love it. <laughs> Give me the answers. I want to work harder on callbacks and uh, re- recapturing. I want to be more overall productive. I want to create more volume of writing mm. while um, also taking more liberties with the medium. Like, I do well roasting people. I've always done well no. at like insulty kind of stuff. And so, like, the other night, it was a really rough start at open mic, and I just figured, fuck this, I'm just going to make fun of all these people in front of me. Yeah. 
And it was so good. I think good. I did like I got five out of seven were applause worthy, which that's a win. It's it not was like great. a it's not like a high percentage yeah. win, but it's a win. Um, you know, I just I'm really bad at callbacks, and I need something like that so that I can make a goddamn t-shirt because if everybody else is making a t-shirt then I need to make a t-shirt why don't I have a t-shirt you know what I mean so I need to make a t-shirt and uh, I have a concept but I'm not going to discuss it Yeah. because like you know that's just not what we do because um, it'll ruin the callback right exactly yeah. <laughs> Now, Chris, what do you what do you got What's there? What's that little thing you're opening up? Uh, I have some weed here. Yeah, what did you bring cannabis? Yourself? So I have uh, cannabis from Cannabis of the Gods from Mount Olympus Gardens. Oh, this is, this is the Shangri La strain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a cross hybrid between nine pound and Fudumayo hammer, or sorry, Fudumayo and nine pound hammer. Oh, sativa sixty forty dominant. Um, Mount Olympus Gardens is some great weed. So that, I'm just going to list off some of the companies we've worked with that have like sponsored shows or whatever. Um, Mount Olympus, you can only get them at Green Nugget. They're awesome and tiny and delicious, just like me. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, I don't know that you're that tiny. <laughs> I'm 190 pounds and that's, five foot three. That's not tiny. Yeah, that's not tiny. <laughs> There's she different. Said like 120 there's certain. There's certain metrics that are t- like. <laughs> Not to be rude, dude. Yeah. But like that's like there's some beef on that cake. Like, <laughs> it's like a, it's like a video game when you're setting up your character and you're like. Right. <laughs> if you saw a dick, that I want this guy to get under everybody's reach. But, um, all right, Rebel, One-Eyed Jack, Kibble Junction, Mount Olympus, Blue Roots, um, mm-hmm. let's see, and Blue Roots are going to be working with a lot more, probably about to start working with Smoky Point. Sure, um, of course. No, and at the... Isn't it, isn't it great that all these, uh, the, the Northwest, Washington especially, has so many place names that just lend themselves <laughs> to, yeah, to, weed. to weed marketing? <laughs> you know Lewis and Clark were smoking some ganja out here, obviously. They're smoking something. How else would you get that far? <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're working on making like a little Rolodex of brands. So I, I got some cool opportunities coming up. Um, might get to tour as an opener, five shows a week. Uh, for three months um, at the end of the year nice. if that comes together uh, but they seem interested I'm interested it, it should happen um, I have a show in, so 420 at the Garland Theater um, and we're going to get 400 people plus there without a doubt I'm, I'm 100% sure for the 420 show we're up to 340 RSVPs and it's a month away um, 429 I'm going to Pullman to uh, mm. Etsy Bravo, um, really excited to perform there. Then 4:30, I'm flying to Phoenix, Arizona, to do two shows at the Rebel Lounge with Zach Lyman and Lou Moon on that Etsy Bravo show. We have Dees Casillas and uh, and um, uh, Michael Gladsmeyer and maybe uh, um, Michael Pickens might stop out and do a few minutes. Um, Jeez, and then Wenatchee, the Performing Arts Center, waiting to hear back from them so we can get a date scheduled. Um, and the, and Satori Pullman, the Back Porch in Wenatchee, the Green Nugget out here in Spokane, Dispensary's just coming out showing support for the comedy. Um, and then, it seems oh, yeah. like a natural fit. Yeah. You know. Weed and laughing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. No. <laughs> well, they can't pay for commercials. They can't advertise on social media, and they have marketing budgets. You know, you know how much money these dispensaries make in a month. It's it's upsetting. Somewhere between ninety thousand and five hundred thousand, even in a town like Spokane, eight hundred thousand oh, and some bigger place in a that's month. Like, that's some weekend of Bernie's money. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> <laughs> for real. <laughs> Chris, you got anything specific coming out that you want to play? Oh, heck yeah. Um, Alright, so... 409, we're probably going to be doing another roast battle at the Red Room. Um, 
four. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> when he went up, when Josh went up at the club and did all those roasts, me and Hannah Lund and James May and Dre Bibbs just looked at each other. And Ronan Dempsey, another member of the flock, we just looked at each other. And we're like, these are freaking hilarious. And he just, just wrote them. <laughs> top notch we're working on ironing out the process for um judging who wins that's still hotly contested within the flock um yeah. it's it's an d- issue of debate <laughs> but um what else uh so okay that's you guys wear feather boas uh one day if you want to buy them for us we'll get sponsored by the feather boa industry um okay so that's 409 413 me, Hannah Lunt, Dre Bibbs, we're going to the House of Soul to perform some comedy there. Oh, fun. Yeah, Devere Abrams booked us as yeah. the host. There's going to be some jazz and some, some R&B type of stuff. And, um, it's cool to be collaborating. Um, Papa, don't be a poo 4.20, we have the Garland Theatre 4.20 show, RSVP on Facebook because we're doing like discounted and free tickets and raffles and stuff. Um, on Spread Eagle Comedy's Facebook. We're also Spread Eagle Comedy on Instagram. Uh, 429, Etsy Bravo, Pullman. We're going to crush the house. Me, Michael Glatzmeyer, Dees Casillas, and uh, Michael Pickens. Um, Wenatchee, tell me what's up. Tacoma, tell me what's up. Bellingham, we're trying to get up in there. May, also early May, we're looking to do a rap roast battle, which I will be competing in. (laughs) It's rappers and comedians against each other, uh, rapping their roasts. Um, and hmm. yeah, but, and, and also Phoenix, Arizona, four thirty, two shows at the Rebel Lounge. Me, Zach Lyman, Lou Moon, we're gonna crush it. Um, so freaking excited to work with those guys. A lot of excitement. <laughs> A lot of crushing. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. That's very, what I. That's what I've been. Telling. That's what I've been focusing on in my comedy. It's a, it's just, I just, just only been working on crush. <laughs> You're nailing it. You're just crushing so hard. I'm not. That's how you can tell that this yeah. dude deals with a lot of cannabis. Because yeah. <laughs> that's something that only hardcore stoners say, dude. Like in that way, yeah. crushing it, dude. Yeah. I was like fucking crushing it, bro. <laughs> dude, how was school? Dude, you would not believe how I fucking crushed this past time. <laughs> fucking crushed it. Like, I thought it was going to be late. it down yeah. into the tiniest, most dense little thing. It just... I thought, <laughs> I thought it was going to be late because we just got back from Tenasket. Right. I, yeah. I knew the test was going on, but I had to go to Barter Fair. <laughs> and I made it back just in time. And then I just... I crumpled that test up. <laughs> crumpled that test up and crushed it. <laughs> I was talking to a rep from like Kush Kush or Smoky Point or something the other sure. day, and she said dope on the phone call like five times. It was our first time talking. And I was like, yes, I say dope all the time. You say dope all the time. Perfect. And we're running this stuff. <laughs> I love it. If you want to endear yourself scene. to me, say dope. Yeah. <laughs> or dope delicious. Josh. Just like, I don't see why that's uh, even notable. (laughs) (laughs) I don't say dope. 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 Oh, it's funny. Dopealicious is the other one. Sure. Um, What about you? Well, I've been drinking these two whiskeys. What's happening over here? What happened was last week. We were trying to get together on St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) Right. To. uh, you know, to yeah. do the podcast. Sure. And so ahead of time, I bought the two mo- most notable yeah. Irish whiskeys, Bushmills and Jameson. That makes sense. Because I was going to go on a diatribe about how Irish whiskey was the first whiskey, and whiskey comes from the Gaelic term, water of life, but I won't do that now. You're, you're totally... You got time to... No, I know. That's okay. why... I, I'm not going to do that now, but I'm going to crush it and do it. Perfect. Oh, uh, no. You crushed it, dude. You crushed it. <laughs> Did I? Crushed. Yes, crushed it. I'm about to crush it even more. It's, it hasn't been crushed enough. No, it hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> about to crush it with a K. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, I love it. Uh, I was going to taste them side by side mm-hmm. and tell the listeners which one I liked, but I can imagine they would already know. Yeah, I feel like I have a guess, too. Yeah. What's your guess? Uh, uh, Jameson. Yeah. 
Bushmills is just too aggressive. It's not as smooth. I haven't had them. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Uh, because. <laughs> Such a politician answer. Yeah. Thank you for asking that question. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right. What happened? Keep going. Well, because the history of Irish whiskey is that it was the first whiskey, but it also Bushmills is the first distillery of any uh, liquor of any kind in the um, British Empire that has like licensed in like okay. Okay. the early 1600s. <clears throat> Fair enough. And then they uh, not, I think it was like 30 or 40 years later, John Jameson right. started his distillery got it licensed and it's been a battle ever since basically. <laughs> Has it now? But the difference between the two, and it's a major difference, is... It's, yeah. Well, first of all, Irish whiskey is only Irish whiskey if it's made with a blend of malted barley and just straight barley. Okay. And for those who don't know, Chris... I don't know at all. Malted barley means that you've soaked it in water long enough for it to start to sprout. Wow. Okay. It's like a Ken, Ken Burns documentary. Yeah, watch yeah. out, Doc. It's great. Uh, but the difference between Bushmills and Jameson is John Jameson basically revolutionized the triple distillation process versus double distillation of oh, Bushmills. Really? That's why Jameson is so I'll much buy smoother. that. Yeah, that makes total <laughs> sense. Yeah. I should go further, but I won't. Cause I enjoyed time. that a great deal. <laughs> yeah, how... How can people get a hold of you? <laughs> well, they can come to the Buzz uh, on April 15th, I believe is the date. That sounds right. Without looking it up. Yeah. April 15th? It's a yeah. Monday. It's a Monday. Uh, I'll be at the Buzz Comedy Showcase Lovely. there. Um, is that the one Hannah's on, too? Uh, Hannah mm-hmm. Lunt? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, Hannah might be. just got booked by Mark for mid-April. So you might be able to catch Hannah Lunt at that show, too, with Casey. Yeah, and then, um, can't remember who else is on it, but it'll be a... F- Jesus. What? Sorry. Jesus is on it, or you're... Yeah, Jesus is <laughs> You guys didn't hear Jesus coming out for one night only. Buzz Pizzeria, yeah. you heard it here first. I wasn't supposed to talk, I'm broken It's the only Monday you'll ever see him out. It's usually his, his rest day, because he's <laughs> so fucking busy on Sundays. <laughs> makes sense that that would be the one place he comes out because like the risk of exposure is so low that even if the most even if the person with the most twitter or whatever followers starts broadcasting live from there it's not going to get picked up it's not it's not going to get picked up it'll be like some weird dude like three years down the road be like did you know Jesus was there (laughs) no for me then they'll show people but he knows it'll be great marketing for the buzz even decades out is this the pizza place where Jesus came yep. to a comedy yes, show yes it was he was here for the comedy yeah. show run by Mark Morris yeah alright um, so that's where I'll be you can always be my friend on Facebook under my real name Casey Strain Ooh, or Instagram uh, or really Twitter even though you won't see me for six months but Right, but who needs to do anything on Twitter? I followed yeah. you on Twitter in the last day, I'm pretty sure. Good for you. When was my, did you see when my last uh, post was? Tweet, you mean? Yeah, that's how long it's been since I've used Twitter. Well, we're oh. not all in a flock, Chris. <laughs> we don't know the, we don't know the avian terms for It's been a while, alright? Yeah, it's, it's probably been over a year, actually. Makes sense. I'll got it, I'll run you, I'll run your Twitter for you. <laughs> Josh, what do you, you got anything going on? I'm going to be at this roast battle if it happens. Yeah, we'll see about that. We're okay. doing our, our darndest. Right, and you know, no no worries either way. Yeah. Uh, but this time, I think I've got a better strategy for winning, which is just like, be meaner. <laughs> Like, you held back once. Yeah, time. I did because like I just didn't I just like didn't wanna it was a very female centric crowd mm. and I was up against Sophie Tomy and I was like, Well there's a lot of just dumb shit I could say. Like, like what I said. That would be trite. <laughs> and 
I just couldn't. I had nothing because I don't know her either, so I didn't have yeah. anything like background. You're also like four times her size, so right? So <laughs> visually on stage, it probably would have been aggressive scary. Looking. Right. <laughs> so I was just like, "Fuck, this is a lot." Should have gotten on your knees. No, none of that shit. Wheelchair. <laughs> Perfect. That's the message I want to send. Uh, and um, other than that. Nothing, just, you know, working on it, just retooling the thing. Yeah. Yeah, trying to just figure out how to bulk out and get that headlining set set up. You know, just trying to bulk mm -hmm. out the last little bit. And how just with stuff that I like. What do you like? Like, just jokes with, like, material that I like, as opposed to just having material to fill this, this space. Yeah, you don't want the 10 minutes in the middle. It's like, well, I gotta fucking do that. Cause... Yeah. So, I'm just, like, I'm just rehabbing some, like, like, if there's, like, a skeletal structure, I'm just replacing some of the bits. Like, but the, like, the beats are staying the same. I'm just, like, you know, I've changed out jokes about the food service industry. Where I could have just crammed them in into the old ones I don't like anymore. I just got rid of the old shit. But I need to, like, bulk out rest of like a 45 minute set yeah. how long does it usually take you to write something and get it i'm just terrible at writing you think there's a reason for that or? yeah i do because um in the end i'm a pretty like i i like to give comedy about as much effort as whatever comes naturally hmm. and i could work harder at it but like i do pretty good with this level of input and so I've kind of come up against like where the max of that will go. Mm. And I know that like if I want to get further in comedy, how much work I've got to do. Mm. And right now what I'd like to do is keep kind of where I'm at and flesh out some stuff while I'm going to school and finish my degree. And then once I have my degree and I, in theory I have a job where I have weekends off, then I can start working on adding more time into things because then I can do weekend runs. It's all like this, like delayed action plan. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty much what all life is about: is uh, figure out what you want, create a strategy to get there with realistic timelines, and then just do it. Yeah. yeah like I'd rather at this point, um, I'll turn thirty-six here in a couple of weeks. At this point in my life, I'd rather have like a uh, like a home life. Yeah. Then be like famous. Yeah. And I'd rather have like a cool home life and like do comedy where it fits than like really fuck with my home life to like make comedy this big. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I'm afforded the opportunity to do it however I want, if that makes sense too. But it's just like a risk reward or a cost benefit analysis thing, if that makes sense. You yeah. know, like. How much do I need $200 <laughs> for that weekend versus, like, do I want to die alone? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny where you are. So you had to turn 26, 36 soon? Yeah. So I'm 26. Sure. And I recently started sort of seeing someone. Um, cool. And it's not going great because I've ex very explicitly feel that I'm not willing to sacrifice half a percent of progress for a romantic relationship. Yeah, well, that point. makes that makes the romantic relationship life tough, dog. <laughs> yeah, 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 I accept that. That doesn't I mean it's it's not the best thing, but I'm very okay with it. Right. Um especially at this point in my life, but uh I think that there's, you know, it's nice to have a relationship, but there's something nice about being solo dolo, like yeah. just Casey went through a long solo phase. I went through a long solo phase. And I think there's benefit to it. I don't know. Uh, there is, as far as, like well, if, I, you can, I, if you can be productive with it, yeah. there's definitely something uh, to be said for it. You and free for part of mine, I was productive. Yeah. <laughs> and then, God only knows what happened. But <laughs> right, you can't be productive the whole time. That's just not right. realistic. I had this friend who, um, was that like the, the tail end of um, a relationship and they lived together 
And uh, the last few weeks, any time she walked in a room, he just looked like so upset. <laughs> like just Ooh, you it could sounds see like that should have ended a lot earlier. Yeah, it was a few weeks of like she'd walk in the room and he would just look visibly upset. And um, man, it's amazing what people put up with. Yeah. Yeah. Like listening to a whole podcast <laughs> of this rambling oh. shit. If you have questions, comments, or concerns about the podcast, send them to weedandwhiskeyspokane at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram, weedandwhiskeyspokane. And Tell us what you want us to talk about, too. Yeah. Or if you have some input. Suggest a weed or a whiskey. Yeah. I mean, you know, get it going here. I'll be off probation. <laughs> In May 21st. <laughs> so, that'll be dope. I'll be back <laughs> on the team, perhaps. Um, oh, I'll be in school, so even if I wanted to, I shouldn't smoke weed during school. I'll yeah. smoke you out. You find me at Real Chris Army on Instagram, at Real Army on Twitter. There it is. Um, <laughs> SpreadEagleComedy.com, which will literally just bring you to the Facebook. You find you're, you're me. Host, you're 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 sitting on the website. <laughs> yeah, we have the domain name forwarded right. yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> to the Facebook. Find me. Show me your ID so I know you're over twenty one. I'll smoke you out. Come to our shows. I'll give you a big old hug. I heard I'm good at it because I mean it. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's why sure. I'm not good at it. Yeah. <laughs> you're faking it, man. People can tell. Yeah, I have to do this. Nine times out of ten, I don't want to give a hug. Yeah, that seems about right. I very inappropriately always want to give one, and it's just something I have to pull back. It's I fine. It's not big of a It's fine. <laughs> All right, good to do it. This has been a great time. This has been a great time. Thanks, Chris. Hell yeah.